Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode number seven. My name is Elvis Dahl from Summer Dental Laboratories in Zionsville, Indiana. Hey guys, I'm Barbara Wojan from Night Dental Group, Oldsmar, Florida. Happy to be here. So today we're going to continue our conversation with Judy Fishman, CEO and publisher of LMT Magazine. Not only does she put out a great publication, but she also puts on one of the best events our industry does every year. She actually does it more than once, but I only go up to Chicago, and I'm talking about LMT Lab Day. Not only is this event just so important to our industry, and so many new things are launched and released during those one and a half days, it's amazing how our industry has banded together to be around it. You know, it's only for half a Friday and a Saturday, yet here I am. I go up on Wednesday because there's so many other meetings that meet during the same time of the year. And it's wonderful how we have one central location. I get to see so many people I don't get to see very often. I meet so many new people. It's one of the best things our industry does. Yep. And it tracks people from all over the world too. I mean, there's just, you know, thousands and thousands of people that uh, go for the great education and the great city of Chicago and just because they love Judy. Yeah, so we're really excited to bring you all of this awesome information. We're really excited about LMT, Judy, and Lab Day. So here we go. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. The integrity of our editorial product. That's great. Can we switch over to LMT Lab Day, um, Elvis? Are you good with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So I've got a question for you, Judy. It's so, you know, it's the most famous <laughs> of them all. Everybody from everywhere loves going to Chicago. They love going in February. I love going in February because I'm from Florida, but those are there that were in the snow. But tell me about uh, when you started it. What year or when or how did you come up with the, with the idea? Opportunity knocked. Again, going back to my publishing life before dental, the publishing company I worked in Manhattan worked at in Manhattan had a trade show affiliated with one of the one of the magazines, not one of the ones I worked on, but one in the apartment and construction industry. And it had uh, it was a home building business, and it had a trade show. And in the back of my mind, I thought, "Wow, that's brilliant! Someday, I would really love to have." a trade show attached to a magazine and everybody would go to Florida and hang out at, a, at the beach and have a good time and also learn. That was kind of in the back of my head when I started LMT. And the year, that same year, so it's September, it was our first issue. Christmas week, everything was very quiet. Phones were quiet. And um, uh, basically, I have no employees at this point. I have a couple of um, freelance people helping. And my brother was helping and my husband was helping. And uh, it's Christmas week. And I'm on the phone with Dan Smith, who the uh, Vertex Articulator, KV33. It was originally the Vertex Articulator. Anyway, he and I are on the phone and he's telling me that this year, the Chicago Dental Society is... um, going to be at McCormick Place while the Hilton is being renovated. 
So he doesn't know if the companies Densply and Ceramco were always at the Blackstone hmm. Hotel across the street from the Hilton. And Jelenko had something called Jelenko Lab Day. Hmm. Aha. <laughs> and, it, and it was tabletop displays on, on the first floor of the Blackstone Hotel while Densply and Ceramco had their own separate programs. They were separate companies. And he said that he is going to be exhibiting at the Chicago Dental Society meeting at the CBS midwinter, and he's noticing that the contract says that he may not have a program anywhere else. And he wanted to display his products specifically to the lab community and wondered if I knew whether or not Densply and Ceramco and Jelenko were going to be at the Blackstone again because they, you know, it was against the rules of the CDS. So I said, I don't know. Let me find out. So I called the Blackstone and I asked them uh, if they had Densply and Ceramco under contract. And they said, actually, they do. Um, and I said, what about Jelenko? And they said, no, Jelenko did not space. I said, okay, would you please hold that space in the name of Dental Lab Publications? That was the name of our company at the time. And uh, they said, certainly. And I said, I'll get, I'll call you back. And I called Dan and I said, nope, uh, the first floor is available. So I have a hold on it. You want a table? <laughs> and, and within five days or three days, something like that, Dan got on the phone with a whole bunch of other guys who used to take a table through Jelenko because they were non-competing products and said, it's a go. They all want in. And I said, I think I can do it for $200. We're not going to make any money, but at least we'll keep the thing going. So we did. We had 300-something people, I think, and they paid $200. And I sold 31 tables. Yeah. I guess it was 29 companies. The last two tables, I was at 29 the day of the DMA show, preview show, the four. Chicago and uh, Bruno Posey came up to me and said, can I have two tables at your show tomorrow? And I said, sure. Wow. And that was our first lab day. You know, really uh, very quickly put together nothing. And I was like a carnival barker in the hallway of the very dingy main area of that first floor where everybody was uh, into tiny little room, dark rooms doing their displays. And uh, we did door prizes. So I was calling out, okay, door prize to so-and-so on the handwritten registration coupon they filled out. Were there classes or was it just vendor tables? No, just tabletop displays. And then Ceramco and Densply and I uh, went out to lunch afterwards. And we did like one of those uh, all, all for one and one for all kind of things where we put our hands literally on top of one another in the center <laughs> of the cool. table wow. and said, all right, this is a pledge. Where you go, we go. We all stick together work. That's really That's cool. how it started. So give me a comparison. So you had 31 to start with. How many do you have now? If you were to think of how many vendors show at your yeah, show? I think it's 310 tables, not not uh, vendors. Um, it seems like 3,000. I mean, really. Oh, yes. It seems like a lot. Was this year, this year was your biggest attended show, right? Yes. Yes, it was crazy. 4,600 people. And almost 600 dentists. I heard that. Yeah, which, and we're we're gonna we're uh, planning to do some follow up with them to see if we can find out what, what how many of them are prosthodontists versus general dentists, etc. 
and find out a little bit more about them? Absolutely. I know of two general dentists that went over there on Saturday to take some classes, especially on 3D printing, because they're interested in it, but yet their side of the convention didn't really offer it as much. That's what we heard too. We heard dental blogs were talking about how you could see everything at our show that they needed to learn about. Do you think that the blogs were a reason that the dentists, um, that you had more dentists come this year than ever? We're going to find out when we ask them if they if they respond to our survey. We're going to ask them how they heard about it. That's us. awesome. Was the first one held in the same time as midwinter? Yes. And is it is that why it's still? So it's always been that time of the year? Yes. And again, it was not without its uh, would-be competitors as well. The um, Illinois Dental Lab Association was very miffed at us because we did this. Apparently, there was some disagreement in the, among the board members that some wanted to do a show during the midwinter and others didn't want to. And that's why it was always in September or October. Uh, they had something called the Mid-America Conference, the MAC. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of complaints from manufacturers that people were all in the clinics and courses and not on the exhibit floor and that it was a big waste of money for the manufacturers. They'd rather just give money to the, you know, donate to the association to hold uh, educational programs rather than have all their people come out and stand on the floor with nobody to sell to. Yeah. So they were upset and I, I didn't even think about it when I started. I, you know, I was a half a year away and it didn't even occur to me that it might upend up their show, but it, it did end up killing their show. Wow. When did you start doing the LMT days on the East and West Coast and why? We, we started Lab Day West pretty soon after we started Lab Day Chicago. I think it was in the, within four years we did the West Coast because Again, we, we didn't see anything happening much down in this uh, in the California area, and we knew how many laboratories there are in California. It was crazy that it didn't have some kind of big show representing it. Mm-hmm. So, again, we tried to schedule it on the same weekend as the uh, California Dental Association meeting to make it easier on the manufacturers. At least we thought it was easier. Um, but, you know, it was sometimes difficult because they had limited staff members to cover both venues. But, you know, it worked out. And then we we separated the timing by doing a survey on site one year saying if we moved this show to a weekend when it wasn't the same as the CBA, would you still come? And based on the response, we knew that it was safe to do that. So we split away from that. Lab Day East was harder to figure out. Uh, the um, the International Congress of Dental Technology, the, uh, the New York Association program, was starting to have some problems. There were politics getting involved. And we just tested the water with a show called Technology 2000. So that was really the first Lab Day East. And we didn't intend for it to be Lab Day East necessarily. It's just that we wanted to have some CAD CAM, a CAD CAM program. This pre- precluded the CAD CAM Symposium out west. So mm-hmm. we just had a CAD CAM program the day before uh, having uh, booths, and that worked out pretty well, well enough for us to feel that there was enough of a market on the East Coast to continue. And so we have continued it. Not, it's, it's definitely not as big by any, you know, by any, no, it's a tiny show in comparison to Chicago. So why is Chicago so big? Is it just because it's the oldest one and it happens? 
coincides with midwinter or do you think there's another reason? My feeling is that it's centrally located at a time of year when there's already a lot of other things going on in Chicago and it's easy for people to get in and out and um, we have the space to grow. Yeah, I I always hear a lot of people mention they're always surprised by the uh, different languages they hear down on the floor. Do you get a lot of international people? Yes, we do. And this year we had representatives from 61 countries. Wow, that is incredible. I don't even know of 61 countries. That's amazing. We often have to hire a person for hearing impaired attendees at our shows. All three shows have had that really? in the past. I don't know if we had one this year, but in, the, in general, we have hearing impaired people come and they have somebody with them. There's some people bring translators with them. When they bring when they bring hearing impaired, we're obligated to pay the cost of their translator, and they and they appreciate it very much. Yeah, things you don't think about running yeah. a convention. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. I love Lab Day, and one of these days, I'd love to go to Lab Day West. Uh, what time of the year is that in? It's May. It uh, usually is Mother's Day weekend because that's when we're able to get the space in the hotel. Mm-hmm. I think it's on uh, on Mother's. No, no, I, I think it's May May 18th and 19th this year, mm-hmm. actually. So maybe the week after Mother's Day. And it's very it's very nice because it's laid back. It's not the go, go, go of Chicago. Yeah, It's still a buying show and interest and education and everything, but everybody's kind of ready for the summer. And you could just feel, feel that vibe and it's really lovely. Yeah, I get that. So to switch gears a little bit, the 2018 Cal Lab meeting, you were the keynote speaker, I think, on the final day? Uh, no, it was on Thursday. Was it on Thursday? Okay. Talking about the state of the industry, and you made some really good points. And uh, I was wondering if you could touch upon some of that. What was, what was the biggest impact you saw in the industry last year? I think the, uh, the biggest piece of news for us as it, as it may impact our magazine and our future and the industry as a whole, is this whole blurring of the lines among the specialties that it's, at some point we won't be able to ask, are you a, a C&B lab, a full-service lab, a, an ortho or, or a removable uh, prosthetics lab? Um, it'll be just, you're, you can do it all. You're a digital lab. Um, so... Between that and and uh, hearing that intraoral scanners uh, had record-breaking sales at Zon this year, and being that that's what I've always been told would be the tipping point because that's when the remake factor will be greatly reduced. I think those two things together for me were the most promising pieces of news for um, exciting future challenges. I know for uh, for me at my laboratory right now, we've gone from about um, 10 interoral scans a day to we're about 80 right now. And one of our largest dentist client customers, one of our largest DSOs, um, just emailed us a couple of days ago and said they want to put 500 interoral scanners into their offices in the next six months and then 500 after wow. that. So, I mean, that's just... So, yeah, so I think that echoes exactly what your point is. And I see it um, at my laboratory right now more than ever. So I agree. Oh, my. Yeah, 500 and 500. (laughs) I'm like, how do you prepare for that? I mean, that's those are those are astronomical numbers. So uh, we need to get it together. What scanner are they getting? Do you know? It's a um, 
Serona. I think it's the Serona Itero. Wow. We're doing the Iteros. Yeah. And we do the best with those too. So, you know, we like that. Yeah, the Itero is a good scanner. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. And I understand that this, you know, there are some dentists who are still pouring models because they're not trusting their scans. Probably a good thing because they're not always very thorough. A bad impression still going to be a bad impression, rather you're, you're taking a traditional impression or you're scanning it. But luckily, they get to see oh, what yeah. they're doing when they scan it. I think <laughs> yeah. that's the biggest thing. And it'll be nice not to have bloody impressions coming into the laboratory anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you see technology growing too fast right now? I wouldn't put it as too fast. I would say that we're having trouble keeping up. Uh, I think it's it's a worldwide issue. It's not just dental. It's just even, you know, even uh, finding this microphone for the for the podcast. You know, all the te- there's just so much available <laughs> that it's um Non problem. It's just incredibly exciting. It's just a very exciting time, and you just have to make sure you get enough sleep so that your brain you don't have brain fog. Yeah, the hardest part is just learning the differences between everything. It's there's a lot out there. I know my my son's twenty, and I'm teaching him how to uh, layer ceramics, and he was uh, learning the iOS uh, inputting today with our with our digital area. So so I agree. You know, I'm a big proponent of uh, generational technicians. My dad was a technician. My son's one, and so yeah, it's something to be proud of. I agree. That's why it's good to have a year old son in the tech world. Thanks. <laughs> I heard that there's been a increase of technicians out there, but a decrease in the amount of labs. Have you noticed this? And why do you think this is? I can, I could surmise that the reason there might be more technicians is because if a lot of laboratories closed, there are a lot of technicians looking for more opportunities that used to be employed by these laboratories. Because I can tell you that the number, the, the decrease in laboratories is not coming only from the one to five person sector, not at all. There are large laboratories that are getting leaner uh-huh. and uh, downsizing or having extra technicians that they have no need for and can't refocus. And there are mid-sized laboratories that are closing down and those technicians can uh, group together and form a new lab on their own, yeah. like what mm-hmm. Denise did. After she left oral arts, that's what I that's what I would say is the reason. No, it all makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate this. I thought this was very interesting. I never knew this about the uh, start of the magazine. I appreciate you sharing that story with us. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, interesting how my heart rate went up <laughs> even after years just in recalling the trials and tribulations of those early years. Do you know I logged wow. one hundred and fifteen hours a week. In those, in those, uh, that I guess the first maybe eight months of getting this, I just rolled out of bed in the morning down to my family room and uh, rolled up to bed at night. Didn't even take lunch until I became pregnant with Eric. And and uh, one day, Jim, you know, at this point, Jim and, and Kelly were uh, working at the company a year later, and and he basically uh, sat me down at the kitchen table and and put a roast beef sandwich in front of my face and said, Judy, from now on, our company takes lunch. Eat. You need this for the baby. And I said to him, you know, this is the best sentence I ever had. I meant sandwich, of course. (laughs) It's no wonder uh, you're so successful then with that much hard work. You know, nothing comes easily, and you proved that to all of us. So thank you so much for, for your stories and 
you know, for answering our questions. We, we genuinely appreciate it and we're honored to have you. Oh, thanks so much. Absolutely. And it goes to show that's why the magazine is so good. And that's why Lab Day is so successful. No, it's because I have, I have it's my team. I got to say it's my team. But thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. I look forward to the future issues and we'll definitely see you in Chicago next year. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Thank bye. you. Take care. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. I again want to thank Judy Fishman for being interviewed. She did a great job. And I love the stories that she told. That's what we call the amazing Judy Fishman. And she has all my respect. Love her to death. I'm so happy that she agreed to be interviewed. And I'm really, really grateful we get to share it with the world. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll have a booth there, Barbara. And we'll be able to record people live on the floor at LMT. One of the things I really like about LMT Lab Day is somehow they're still able to keep it free. It is amazing that such a thing is put on and given to our industry at no cost to the attendees. If you can make it, I highly suggest it. Join us next week for a roundtable episode. Heather Voss, CDT from the first roundtable, helped me get in touch with three individuals that are from labs that have three or less employees. Most are solo. It's a great chance to see a perspective of our industry that's not usually discussed at conferences. It's a fascinating conversation, and I hope you join us. As always, if you have any suggestions, if you have any topics, if you want to be interviewed or know someone that wants to be interviewed or should be interviewed, send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com. We're on Facebook, so check us out. Hit the like button and hit share anytime we post something. Spread the word. We want this content to be available to all of those in the industry. There's so many great ways to listen to this podcast. Not only can you listen to it directly from VoicesFromTheBench.com, but we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play. Any of these, you can search for Voices From The Bench, download our episodes, subscribe, and they'll be delivered to you every Monday morning. We'll see you all next week. Have a great week. All right. Bye. Greetings and welcome to Voices for... <clears throat>